Welcome back to the Metal Exchange. Justin and Chris here with you for another week. And this week, it is the first Monday of the month, which means it is Request Monday here at the Metal Exchange. Judicators at the expense of humanity. But before we get there, Chris, my man, how are you? Doing well. Um, yeah, uh, this was uh, this was something I was not at all familiar with. So um, it'll be fun to talk about it. That uh, definitely makes two of us. Um, I know it's been a while since we covered an album. We kind of rescheduled things a little bit. Uh, the, the Heaven's Gate episode, which we had promised, will be next week. And then the following week, I know you'll be picking an album, which I'm very curious about. Uh, but before we get there, uh, some new stuff that came out. I know I had sent you the uh, the new Moonlight Haze album, which I really, really enjoyed. It was called Animus. Um, they are like low-key, really good at what they do. Kind of reminded me of Old Delane, which is never a bad thing, but they just a really, really solid album. I think you'd agree. Yeah, I listened to it earlier today, and uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. And uh, I listened to that along with the uh, Ronnie Atkins' uh, newest album kind of all that listening to conception really kind of backed me up on some of the the newer stuff so um i got the chance to listen to those two albums uh today um i still have to sit down and listen to um the new shining black album and the new uh michael romeo album as well and uh also um a sound of thunder um their new album came out um, actually, I don't know if it's out. I got it sent to me um, from the Kickstarter, uh, but that album's called The Crimson Cult. Um, so I have that to listen to. And then Trick or Treat's new album, Creepy Symphonies, uh, dropped earlier today. I have to give that a listen to. Always uh, always enjoy Trick or Treat and the excellent vocals of uh, Alessandro Conti, who also uh, doubles as the vocalist for Twilight Force. Yeah, well said. I haven't I haven't heard that yet. I'm looking forward to it. Did you get a chance to listen to the new Shaman single? Yes, um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, that along with um, the new Seventh Wonder single, uh, Shaman single called The Eye Inside and Seventh Wonder, uh, their single Warriors from their upcoming album, The Testament, which I believe is coming out in June. So happy birthday to me. <laughs> um, enjoyed that both those tracks a lot as well as um, the new poets of the fall single that came out today, Requiem for my Harlequin, which I also listened to today. And um, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just um, what you would expect uh, from poets of the fall, which uh, is always good. And I got to say the, the new Evergrace single, like they're two for two on these singles. I'm, I'm, uh, I might actually enjoy the Severgrey album, but uh, they have a new single called Mid- Midwinter Calls, and it's a lot like the previous single where it's just really heavy and and, uh, and catchy. So good stuff. I, I, uh, I, I'm I tempted to pick it in the future if I can get my hands on a promo copy just so I can hear your reaction to the rest of it. But I think I'll pick In Search of Truth instead, and we'll, we'll, we'll just go back into the archives. But story for another day. Um, it, th- this week was really, really interesting. And before I get into um, this 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 Judicator album, it came in as a request a, a number of months ago from uh, one of the listeners, Jesse, who had hit us up on Facebook. Um, I did not know at all what to expect from this album. And the reason I say that is I had never heard like barely a note from these guys. And, and the reason why is kind of funny. A friend of mine had told me years ago, I probably four or five years ago, listened to Judicator. And I said, okay, you know, and I, for whatever reason, I guess I forgot. And then the next week he said to me, did you listen to the new Judicator album? 
and I kind of blew him off again. I think this was around the time that like the last emperor had come out uh, back in 2018. And he just kept berating me over and over. Did you listen to the judicator? It's so good. It's so good. And then it was one of those things where he said it so much that I just made a point of not listening to them because I just didn't almost didn't want to give him the satisfaction. And it, that's on me, I, I admit. But I, I did. I never really went back and listened to any of this stuff um, because of him just pushing it so hard. So I, you know, that's bad? on me. And, and I'm happy that we got the request because I'm not sure I would have gone uh, back and listened to this album uh, from 2015 had it not been um, had it not been from one of the listeners. Was it Pat? Yeah, no, surprisingly not. But ju- just as a, ju- just just as annoying with this, but uh, obviously he was a big fan of the band, and I, I'm I'm really uh, really really pleased that uh, that that we had this request. And and Jesse basically said that uh, just a couple of words from from him. I think he said uh, it's the only album that I've ever listened to that makes me tear up sometimes. Uh, and he definitely did the first time. Music is great, production is good, but not too polished and then you can tell that the emotion is there with the singer and it's just being part of this bigger story that kind of makes it resonate for them and i have to say um when i found out what the album was about it was kind of pulled me back a little bit it's uh it's kind of a concept album that details the story of um the 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 singer's I guess passing of of his brother uh who had struggled with a, a bout of cancer um, I don't know how old the brother was, but obviously it's a very, very emotional tribute to, to John Yellen's brother. And it kind of just details what the family was going through and all the different struggles and, and all the different kind of crises that, that resulted as, as a result of the, uh, the, the, the terrible medical diagnosis and obviously the, the effect on the family. Um, I was shocked when I, when I kind of read that because it kind of just Put everything in perspective and it just obviously stops and makes you think a little bit yeah yeah for sure that's uh i wasn't aware of that and i'm very sorry to to hear that that's that's a bummer but i mean um it looks like they put out quite the uh the tribute to their to their fallen brother and and that's what we're gonna talk about today. Yeah, it's it's the band's third full length release. Uh, they had started around, I guess it was two thousand and nine or so, and and I could be butchering that by a year or so. But uh, apparently, I guess actually it looks like it's two thousand and twelve. Maybe uh, John Yellen, the vocalist and uh, guitarist uh, Alicia Cordisco, had met at a Blind Guardian concert, and I think that will be relevant when we start talking about the album. But they met at a Blind Guardian concert, apparently. Uh, and shortly thereafter released um, The King of Rome, which was their debut album. This was obviously their third album uh, in 2015, based on everything that I had mentioned. They, the band has since gone through a couple of lineup changes, but at the time that this album came out, it was Cordisco uh, on bass and guitars, uh, Jordan Elsis on drums. He's still in the band. He's actually one of the two. Uh, he was in the band and remains in the band. And at the time, the keyboard player was uh, Lorelei Laffey, um, who, again, is no longer in the band. So about half the lineup is, is still you know intact. They've since come out with additional releases, uh, most recently Let Their be nothing in 2020 um and i have to say after after listening to this album this week uh i was blown away by how much i enjoyed um this i i did not think i was going to enjoy it nearly as much as i did in part because of 
that friend of mine who was just telling me to listen to it so much. And B, I just, I, again, not, I did not know what to expect. And I was pleasantly blown away by this album. And I am going to make it my homework assignment this weekend. We're recording this on Friday night. I'm going to listen to the rest of the discography this weekend because I was just blown away by this album. Nice. Yeah. I, I remember that, um, that Glenn had them in his top 50, I think two years ago when the Let There Be Nothing album came out. And I think that might have been the first inkling of the band being on my radar. And now I'm seeing that, um, I think I had done a YouTube search and saw that they had played at the, the Mad with Power Fest a few years ago. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I hate to say it, but like, I just feel like there's, you're always a little bit wary when you find out that it's a band from the U.S., a metal band, I should say, from the U.S., because, like, we're just not particularly known for our, our you know, great under-the-radar metal bands. I mean, as in in comparison to, you know, the Swedens and the Finlands and the, you know, the, the other European countries of the world. Um, so especially with power metal, which is, seems to be kind of like a dying genre, um, it, it's always great to hear something like this that um, is from fellow, you know, country men and women, and um, I, I enjoyed it a lot too. I, I this band is definitely on my radar now, so I'm glad that we uh, got a chance to listen to. Uh, you know, like sometimes an album is kind of a, a slog for me the first couple of times, and I feel like this one it just kind of like it, it was enjoyable right from the beginning. Yeah, I, I enjoyed – I remember the first listen and I, I really enjoyed it right away. I found it to be very dense, that first listen, uh, just like a very It's a long dense, album. Yeah, dense and a meaty album. And I was kind of like taken back, not by the by anything other than just the fact that like as I was sitting there, I, I, I felt like I was almost struggling even though I was enjoying it. But then with each subsequent listen, as I kind of got to know the music – um, my, my opinion didn't change because I liked it, but I just liked it more and more and it didn't feel quite as dense as it did with that first listen. I was really um, surprised at the evolution of this disc over the course of the week. I think I probably listened to it six or seven times. Nice. Yeah, I, um, I, I'm curious where this album falls in the rest of the discography as far as like, is it you know, would it be our favorite or, um, I mean, this is officially the only album I'm familiar with now, but uh, now I'm kind of curious, like you said, to kind of hear the other, the other albums to see if, um, you know, they've grown as a band since the 2015 release. But, um, yeah, this was really cool. I, I got, um, at first very, I got like blind guardian vibes right off the bat. I mean, the vocals are like, they're a little less, over the top than Hanzi, um, but but similar in in their kind of sound, um, kind of the that range that that Hanzi tends to go to, um, similar in that way, and like the the really like um, kind of thrashy guitars remind me of kind of that earlier Blind Guardian, but I mean it, it definitely has some Blind Guardian vibes, but without like feeling like a blind guardian ripoff the way that maybe a, a savage circus did back in the day. Um, it definitely has its own kind of flavor, but at the same time, you can tell that blind guardian was definitely uh, some sort of inspiration for what this band was doing. 
Yeah, I think that's well said. You know, for me, obviously the vocals, to your point, harken, you know, uh, you know, like a younger Hansi Kirsch. But at the same time, I didn't feel that the music was a complete copy. I think that they do their own thing a little bit. I think in certain areas, they're a little more progressive, um, maybe a little more melodic too, in certain ways. And it doesn't, and the guitars don't have that same um, patented guitar sound that you hear from Blind Guardian, whereas Savage Circus, for obvious reasons, was a direct, I mean, obviously they shared members. So, but it's that, that, those first two Savage Circus albums were clones. I mean, you, if you, if you weren't looking at the album, you would think you were listening to the new Blind Guardian. This is not that. It is certainly a, a nod to that German style, but it's it's it goes off in different directions, and I think that that's what I appreciated because at this point, it's hard to clone Blind Guardian. They are you know the kings of what they do, so it was nice to see them kind of borrow but not steal from them, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, like I said, let's just uh, kind of get into the album. Where, you know, I kind of went through the the theme, if you will, before. Uh, the album opens with an, with kind of an intro track called uh, "Picture of Fading Light," and and this kind of sets the stage for for the album. It's a bit atmospheric, and ultimately the the full band you would be on display here before it kind of fades out into that opening track, "God's Failures." I'm curious, to, to, you know, being that God's Failures is kind of like the first full-length track, what were your immediate thoughts when you when you kind of hear this opening riff and, and intro to the track? I, I I really liked how it kind of set up um, the whole album, you know, kind of this really quiet, unassuming kind of uh, instrumental piece that just all of a sudden builds and builds and builds, um, and then... You know, uh, you know, and then about a minute and 40 seconds later, you get the first uh, full length track. But I like that. The I really like that intro. I think that it really sets the table for, you know, we talk about like it's such a, a, a typical power metal move to have that kind of intro track that in, the instrumental kind of lead in. But um, I think it, it, it fits here perfectly, like just kind of you know, starts you out nice and calm and then slowly gets you ramped up. And then just in time for this, this like first heavy track, God's failures to, to kick in. Yeah. It's, 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 it's funny. This, you know, American power metal gets such a bad rap and there are just not that many great American power metal bands, but you know, in many ways, if the rest of the discography is as good as this, uh, I could see these guys really being kind of like the flag bearers for, for American power metal. Uh, I, I hear a touch of other bands other than Blind Guardian, and I'll get to that in a little bit. This particular track had, I thought the verses were great. It was fast. It was heavy. Um, you know, I love how the bridge kind of faded out a little bit and then goes right into that heavy chorus. This is good stuff. It was a little bit paint by numbers for me. But overall, I thought it was a really good opening track. Not my favorite on the album, but just a good way to kind of introduce you to the story and 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 the whole you know the whole premise of of what this band is. Yeah, I, I thought the layer, like kind of that layered vocal thing, like the background vocals um, in the chorus were very akin to to what you would hear Blind Guardian do. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. This wasn't my favorite song either. But um, also, it, it's also I thought one of the one of the more uh, memorable songs from the album that said um, I liked it a lot. And, and I think it 
also kind of painted a, a, a good picture of what to expect from most of the the rest of the album just or just kind of giving you a, a flavor of like what this band's all about right from the get-go Totally agree. Um, we go into Cannibalistic Mind, which is the, the second full-length track, the third uh, track on the album. It's a little bit under five minutes. Before I tell you my thoughts, do you have anything that stands out about this track for you? I really enjoyed the um, kind of the bridge um, that goes into the chorus, but um, I thought this was a, a, a pretty cool. Um, again, like I'm, I'm getting that a bit of that Blind Guardian vibe again from from the song, and it's especially those really like just big um, like layered vocal chorus chorus type. Um, feels i guess um but uh yeah i like this song quite a bit too i I thought um you know off to a good start so far this is my song of the week i've had this song stuck in my head probably since the second time that i heard it um i love the simple kind of opening riff that just permeates the entire song and they kind of like it towards the instrumental section and i guess it's like maybe in the middle of the song they they kind of have a guitar solo that's laid over the same riff you know that they had played earlier in the to start the song fantastic bridge totally melodic they even use some i'll call them melodic death metal vocals in points where it's almost like these harsh vocals which I wasn't expecting, but it kind of put a nice touch, especially when you, again, you consider the thematic uh, elements of this album. I just thought it was a nice contrast. It was a little bit different, but I love this track. Um, this and one or two others were, were, were in contention for, for Song of the Week, but for me, this is this is going to do it. Nice. Yeah, that's a good choice. Um, I, I like this song quite a bit, too. Um, the, the next track is actually my track of the week, Coping Mechanism. I, I, I like this one a lot just because of the, um, it, it has that, that, you know, that, 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 uh, what do you call it? That tempo, that fast tempo. That gallop that, that, you, that, that we, we talk about. Yeah, exactly. Um, just, uh, it, it's always just this, like, just moving, this fast moving song, great vocals. Um, I, I just thought this was super catchy and this was kind of the one that was stuck in my head. So, uh, two, two things that jump out about this track. Number one, the double bass drum, I thought was a really nice touch and, and kind of just pushed this, this track along a little bit. And I thought that the keyboards kind of popped on this one for the first time, you know, to this point on the album, which we hadn't heard. This one gave me a very heavy demons and wizards vibe. Like uh, to me, like obviously, you know, we talk about the vocals with Hanzi. This to me wasn't so much Blind Guardian as it was Demons and Wizards, and and that's never a bad thing. And I, I, we probably can't even utter the name of the band anymore. But like this was totally Demons and Wizards to me. 
Yeah, I, I definitely could definitely could see that. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was really good. This was the one that, whenever it came on, that was, it, it it just my brain kind of snapped on and was just like, "Yep, here we go." And and nice. uh, just your uh, just a good like you know tap your foot, just good 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 stuff. I, I like this song a lot. The the interesting thing though is that the the beginning of the next track was really really kind of unique on this album. The the fifth track is called "My Fantasy Destroyed." The intro is very poets of the fall or like two thousands radio rock. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not even sure what the band I'm thinking of is, but you just take one of those like radio rock bands. It starts like so different. I was like not kind of expecting that. It's a, it's a bit of a mid pace song, but it gets faster during the choruses and then slows down during the verses. Again, with that demons and wizards feel, I I, I like this track a lot. It's a bit weird uh, the way it's constructed, but there was something about it that was kind of catchy, and I think it was probably the change in tempos for me. Yeah, I w- I'm with you. It does have kind of that like alt rock kind of vibe, oh, maybe even like a Fates Warning ish kind of vibe at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, it just, you know, again, kicks into kind of your, yeah. And I, I, you know, it's funny that you mentioned it. I didn't really think of Demons and Wizards. I just kept thinking of, of Blind Guardian. But you're right. Like, the stylistically, some of these songs do have more of a, a Demons and Wizards kind of vibe than a Blind Guardian vibe. And being that it's the same vocalist, I mean, you could kind of understand why that would be. Um, but uh, yeah, this was another really good track. I mean, I, I didn't, dis- I'll be just spoiler alert, I didn't dislike any of the tracks on, on this album, to be completely honest. So yeah, I, like I, to me, like, I think just like anything else, you know, unless it's a perfect album, you're going to like some tracks more than others. But I didn't find myself wanting to skip anything. Whereas sometimes we'll get requests and there's certain songs where I'm like, all right, this is clearly like c-level material where there might be some better stuff on the album i didn't i didn't find that with this one um and part of the reason is kind of tracks like lucid nightmare you know it's the the next track it's it's nearly 11 minutes it's kind of like the big epic track on the album and and this one is really proggy right this is not so much demons and wizards of blind guardian this to your point maybe more fate's warning there's like folky inter like folky type interludes that are going on in there Awesome bass lines that for the first time on the album really popped, you know, just in terms of like the the, the instruments standing out amongst the others. Uh, I found this to be like a song that kind of gave everybody in the band a, a chance to shine. Um, kind of cool. And, and some of the guitar solos towards the, the you know, this we'll say the 75% of the way through the song, Mark, th- there's these like spacey guitar effects that almost had like an Arion vibe to it. it there was a lot going on here, but good track not my favorite but th- there's there's elements of this song that i thought were really good i i thought the um the keys really stood out uh, on a song like this um both the both kind of like the 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 heavier parts but also kind of in the middle where it kind of goes into like this almost like interlude in the middle of the song i i, I really like the um kind of like the dissonance that they used um in in the little in this kind of like low kind of a lower end um, keyboard kind of solo here where like basically all the instruments kind of bow out for a little while and you hear the, the keyboard and the bass kind of in there. And um, I thought that was a really cool way to kind of break the the song up because like you said, it is, you know, a, a 10 minute plus tune, but um, yeah, this is, I think where the band separates itself from the bands that we kind of mentioned earlier, where like, I, I think having more, a little bit of that, progressive 
like vibe with and throwing in some keyboards, which is not something you would typically hear in a blind guardian or a demons and wizards song, I think really kind of gives it its own flavor. And, um, you know, it's always tricky when you have a, you know, a 10 minute song, you know, you worry, is it going to drag or is it going to be boring or, or, you know, is it going to be one of those ones where you just can't wait for it to end or you skip. And I didn't think that this was like that at all. I thought that it, it kept, it kept, it kept my attention all the way through. And uh, I think it was also like kind of well-placed right in the, the middle, you know, early middle part of the the album. Yeah. It's, it's almost kind of like, you know, I, I, when I listen to an album, I kind of break it up into parts, if you will. This was kind of like the end of side one or like side a of the album. And, and the, the next track rain in the meadow uh, is kind of like a slow, interlude track almost a vocal solo which is kind of setting the mood for the b side of the album or at least that's kind of how i listened to it how i kind of took it in yeah i i, I wasn't ready to, to oh yeah, <laughs> expound, yeah. but yeah that, that's it pretty much hit the nail on the head yeah just um I, I like the way that you put that where it just kind of this is kind of that track that separates the two halves of, of the album that makes that makes complete sense we get into uh, the next tune, which is Nemesis Fratricide, which is, you know, I think the when I first heard it, I, I don't know that I necessarily appreciated it so much, but this one definitely grew on me and grew on me faster than all the other ones on the album. It's 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 a very heavy tune. It's fast, but it's surprisingly melodic, a little repetitive, but as kind of like the the, the kickoff to to the second track or second side of the album, it has this kind of really warm, inviting tonality to it, which I kind of liked. There was something about just the way that this album was mixed. I really, really enjoyed, but I thought that it really stood out on this track as we get into like the second half of the album. This was a good listen and, and, and a track that like, like I said, it grew on me, I think more than any other. Yeah. You wouldn't guess that this was kind of like a, a small, a smaller band from the U S like based on, how well the album sounds uh, production wise. And, and I have to say the thing that I think that, that this band really, um, what really sets them apart is that I just find that they're the bridges and the choruses on almost all the songs are very memorable. They just have kind of a, a very catchy uh, and just the way that they sound with the layered vocals. Um, it, it, it just, the, the, just the way that the songs, the the parts are written are just very memorable. That's the thing. Like when I go back and listen to these tracks and I get to those, those bridges and those choruses, I'm just like, yeah, there we go. That's that part. Like it, it really sucks you in. And I think that that's, that's, you know, not always the case. Like some bands have a hard time, uh, keeping that consistency throughout an entire album. And I feel like with this album, you know, almost all the tracks have, a, a very memorable portion of it. Um, but I just think some of the vocal lines are just really, really uh, memorable and, and just, uh, just really good stuff. Yeah. And, and to that point, I think that's a, actually a great segue to the next track, at least for me, autophagia, the riff at the beginning, I did not like, I thought it was very, very similar to the track before at nemesis, but at the same time, once the riff kind of ended and the song kind of went into the verses and then the choruses, the rest of the song was amazing. And I thought it was one of the better choruses on the album. So it was almost like a love-hate thing with this track. But the chorus was so memorable and the vocal lines were so well done 
that it kind of made up for the fact that I didn't like the first 30 seconds because I love the last six minutes of this track or, or thereabouts. I guess it, cl- it clocks in at probably uh, uh, about six minutes and 17 seconds. So there's about six minutes of this song that I love. First 17 seconds I, I can pass on, but certainly not enough to ruin it for me because it was just so good and the chorus was so memorable that it really made the track. Yeah, and like, again, I just, I like how the the bridge just gets kind of quiet and it's like, and then it just bursts into this like really heavy chorus. And again, like you said, just a really memorable, um, you know, just, just, I, I like that they, you know, like they'll go back and forth with the tempo and the volume and, and like there, there's so many different elements that, um, I think it just adds up to like this really pleasant listening experience where you're not just listening to the same, the same basic thing for, you know, an hour. Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, The next track is called Life Support. This was interesting because this is kind of where the first time where you hear some female vocals on the album. Uh, Apparently it was a a guest spot from, um, what is her name? Um, Mercedes Victoria uh, is her name. She's a female vocalist. Uh, She kind of just features on this track and this track alone. I thought that that was a nice kind of contrast and and again, something different. Uh, Having those dual layered vocals with both the male and the female vocals during the chorus, also a nice effect. This one kind of had a little bit of like an epica feel to it, albeit with like less of that symphonic thing going on. Interesting. Not my favorite track, but I kind of like what they were trying to get get to here. Yeah, yeah, I like the um, the dichotomy of the the female and male uh, vocals, and then you also have some kind of like growls in there too. Um, so, um, I, I mean, similar to Amaranth, only in the 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 three kind of vocal styles. Um, that's just kind of what it makes me think of. Even though the song obviously doesn't sound anything like Amaranth, but um. Uh, yeah, another just another really cool track, and again, it it, it does that thing where it just kind of kind of slows it down and, and and calms it down, and then um and then just like picks up again, and and I think that that makes those heavier parts all the more memorable because they kind of come back from like this little rest area. <laughs> so um, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's I think it's cool how they they do that. And, and, and it, and it is kind of nice to just hear a, a different voice, not that nothing against the, the vocals The vocals are excellent. Um, but just kind of hearing something a little bit more, uh, tacked on is, is just, um, is a pleasant experience. I think. Yeah. It, it's, it is it, as the, as the album begins to wind down and especially, like I said, after the first listen, but as I really got into it, um, certain tracks, certain elements of certain tracks, really popped and I think it kind of made each one stand out on its own whereas sometimes albums kind of blend into each other I thought every song was really kind of separate and distinct from the prior track and that was one of the things that I loved for example the title track the next track at the expense of humanity awesome introduction very very oh, I love I love how this one kicks on yeah like it's, it just it just grabs you right 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 from the beginning and, and you expect right away that there's going to be some sort of a big payoff here. And there is. Uh, it's just that memorable melody that kind of gets stuck in your head. This is the song that I would want to see closing a live set if I got to see them live. I could see this being like an awesome 
end to their live set. And I've not seen them live, obviously. Uh, I went to see if they've played New York. I didn't see any tour dates coming up. So if you're listening, get over to New York so I can see you guys. Uh, but th- this, this is the one I want to see live because I just thought that this had this monumental sound to it that I think would really help close the set. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the riff that just opens the song is just super catchy and, and, and memorable. And I keep using that word memorable, but I mean, that's, I mean, when it's a band I, I've known nothing about a week ago and now it's like, I have riffs and, and vocal lines like stuck in my head. I think that's memorable is the right word to use. There you go. There you go. Um, the, the final full length track is how long can you live forever? Which I guess is a really good question. Uh, it, it's another epic track, almost nine minutes. This was another one that kind of grew on me. The, the first couple of times I listened to it, it was towards the, it was, you know, right at the end of the album, it was kind of dense for me. And, and I didn't know if anything particularly jumped out per se, but with each listen, I kind of realized this is kind of the perfect concluding track before the outro. Um, just nothing, you know, I don't know that anything, one thing on this particular track jumped out. I just thought it was a nice fitting conclusion to the album. And it didn't leave me wanting more per se, because I felt like it was the total package. Let's yeah, I, I like I like the way that it, it starts off with... Um a bit more of a mid a mid tempo kind of uh vibe to it um but uh yeah i thought this was a good way to kind of cap things off not counting the the minute and a half outro um we have a couple of uh guest spots on um guitar on this one um jeff teats from mind maze who will be uh opening up prog power this year on wednesday um has a has lead guitars on this one, um, or guest lead guitars, as does uh, Carlos Alvarez of the band's uh, Power Theory and Shadow Dance, who I'm not entirely sure if they uh, if Shadow Dance is still doing anything. Um, but uh, so yeah, a little bit of help from some um, other uh, American uh, guitar players, which is kind of cool to uh, share the wealth with. But um, yeah, this one I think was good because um, it. I think all the way through it kind of maintains that that mid that mid middle of the road tempo, which I think is kind of a nice um, a nice way to kind of end things because the album, for the most part, up until this point, has been fairly fast paced for most of the way. Um, so this is, I think, a kind of a, a more of a, a pensive kind of uh, track. I mean, based on the title alone, you would assume it's it's definitely uh got some philosophical vibes going on here but uh good stuff and, and a really you know great way to end the album as far as the the you know full length tracks go i i i wasn't a hundred percent sure why they went with this kind of atmospheric outro to end the album i i didn't care for it that much just because i thought that the final track was so good as a closer that maybe this wasn't needed. I, I'd be curious to see what the reason was there. Not that it's bad. It just almost didn't fit the the feel of the rest of the album. And the only other knock, I guess, is I think it could have used one like outstanding ballad somewhere in there just to break up the break up the pacing a little bit. But again, that's just me like kind of nitpicking here. Um just a really, really impressive album and, and I was so pleasantly surprised and I'm I'm so happy that Jesse had, you know, kind of 
forced me to listen to it because I don't know that I would have ever discovered them if it if it wasn't for that. Just because I don't know. I just it was it was it was a gaping hole in my uh, in my fandom. So thank you for pointing that out. I I I'd really like to catch them live um, sooner rather than later. I, I, it's funny to me that somebody nagged you for years to listen to this band, and it took somebody requesting the album one time for you to <laughs> to, to go and listen to it. But uh, you're you're absolutely right. I, you're absolutely right. But um, needless to say, like I said, I, my homework assignment is to listen to the rest of the discography this weekend, and I'm looking forward to it because uh, I, I'm not going to listen to it seven times. I don't think I have that kind of time this weekend. But um, just from a academic pursuit i have to hear more this was really really good and i'm not going to waste any time i'm just going to kind of go right from the beginning and go straight through you know i found it interesting that this was an album that was crowdfunded um in 2014 through indiegogo which it feels like eight years ago like like something like that wasn't nearly as common as it is today like so yeah it sounds like they were kind of on the the forefront of, of that kind of uh you know, fan, well, I forgot what, what they call a fan, uh, crowdfunding or whatever. Yeah. Crowdfunding. Thank you. Um, what, yeah, what's interesting like, is if you go on their Bandcamp page, you know, obviously a lot of, you know, supporters of the band kind of talk a little bit about what this album means to them. And what was interesting to me is almost everyone has like a different favorite track. And I guess that's kind of a testament to how good the album is, right? Because if everybody likes something different and the fans are obviously out there, you know, kind of, telling what they like and you know what stood out to them i think that's a good thing i mean we obviously had different tracks there's other people on like i see that have many many different tracks for many different reasons i think it's a testament to the strength of the album couldn't agree more i mean it's always i think that's always a good thing when everybody has a different favorite song because that just means that each song has its own kind of strength in its own way that somebody might just appreciate more than the next person. So I agree with you. That's definitely a, definitely a, a, a pro, not a con. Scale of one to 10. What are you rating this? Um, I, I give it an 8.0. I, I thought it was very solid, really strong, like really good. And I think um, is just kind of opening up the, uh, opening up the can of worms uh, as far as this band goes for both of us to kind of, dig in and, and um, kind of catch up on what else we might have missed and, and, and follow the band with uh, whatever they tend with whatever they do uh, going forward. Yeah, I, I have it as an 8.0 as well. And I, I think back to kind of, you know, what was going on in 2015. And all I can say is if I had a top 50 list, this would have probably been on it because it was just a really solid release that I would have kept going back to, which is all you can ask for. So um, I, I'm in complete agreement with you. It was a pleasant surprise. I'm glad we got to do it. And, um, you know, I, like I said, next week when we go back to um, 1991, it'll be a little bit of a different feel because it has kind of that older power metal vibe as opposed to this more modern style, which is, you know, seen in, you know, you know, bands like an Iced Earth or, or something like that, that kind of, you know, it was just more of a modern American style power metal as, as opposed to, you know, what you're in store for next week. So yeah, that'll be, that'll fun. be an interesting, interesting change of pace to go from American modern power metal to uh, early 90s German power metal. So. Which is, I know, in your wheelhouse. So it'll, it'll definitely be... Uh, definitely hey, be all, all power metal is in my wheelhouse. <laughs> that's, that's, that is also very, very fair. Uh, just a couple of uh, a couple of news items before we, before we go forward. Uh, 
just based on the way uh, our recording schedules have kind of fallen, we didn't get to comment on the death of uh, Foo Fighters drummer Taylor Hawkins. This was a complete shock to everyone and obviously a terrible, terrible tragedy. Lesson learned. I never got to see them live. And, you know, it's one of those things where I always said, oh, I'll catch them on the next tour. I'll catch them on the next tour. I actually had plans to go see them um, this summer because they were playing at City Field. And obviously they've canceled all their shows. This, you know, for, for a modern rock band, they are as good as it gets, as far as I'm concerned. The last 25 years, this is um, this was a blow, and, and you know you can see all the different musicians that have come out and kind of paid their own respects and tribute. Everyone from you know Mike Portnoy, Paul McCartney. I mean, the names, the the list of legends is just incredible. But it's it's obviously very very sad news, and um, you know it's it's just just what can you say other than tragedy? Sucks. Um... You know, I was talking to Knops about it and it's like, he's like, you know, when are we going to learn to just get off our asses and go see these bands? Because you just never know, you know, it's like, I I kick myself in the ass for never seeing Rush live. And I figure, you know, you oh, I'll see the Foo Fighters eventually. And I believe we still will, but um, there's going to be a massive hole in, in that lineup with Taylor Hawkins passing away. It's just uh, awful. Um, and I, I can't even imagine what Dave Grohl must be going through because I just know how close that those two guys were. And to just lose somebody that that suddenly like that is just just horrible. It was such such shocking and horrible news. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that you mentioned it. And, and I'm sure that we will do a, uh, a Foo Fighters episode at some point because they've always been low-key one of my favorite um, non-metal uh, bands, for sure. I am totally with you. And I, I recently read Dave Grohl's autobiography, and it was interesting because he has a lot of um, – if, if you read about his early days as a musician, I'm talking pre-Nirvana, he was into punk and he was into like kind of extreme metal, which I guess makes sense given, you know, obviously that that – album that he just released which was a real trip if you haven't heard it that kind of like death black metal album that he released out of nowhere uh seemingly but more so because even though the foo fighters were just kind of radio rock there are elements of like hard rock and metal in there all throughout their songs and and just just a fantastic band and i think that one of those bands that anybody who is enjoys rock music no matter how heavy it is has to appreciate them for what they are you know i know a lot of bands get you know criticized for certain things but nobody seems to have a bad word about the Foo fighters i wish that were, were true but there i have uh, i know people that have really been unhappy with um their last handful of albums um so you know, I guess different strokes for different folks, but um, I've I've followed like I've I've bought every album they've done since pretty much since the start, um, and uh, I have a lot of fond memories of listening to, uh, in particular, the one by one album that came out in two thousand and two. Um, that was just a one of those albums that in college we listened to all the time, um, along with the master plan. <laughs> so, <I don't, laughs> what what uh, a pairing that is. Yeah, exactly. Um, that, that's uh, shout out to Knops. Cause and the mayhem album that came out that same year. No, it's, it's just what, what, a, what, a, what an, 
eclectic mix of, of albums that is. But uh, yeah. two two great albums, just very very different. Um, so anyway, I I do think we should do a Foo Fighters episode sooner rather than later. I think it would be a, a fitting fitting tribute. Um, and I have some stories to share too that I think would be kind of interesting. Uh, one other bit of news, which is uh, a little bit lighter and quite frankly something that excites me tremendously. Uh, Skid Row has announced their new singer, Eric Gronwall, and the name may sound familiar. He is the longtime or was the longtime singer from Heat, one of my absolute favorite bands of probably the last 10 years. Um, I, I had no idea this was happening. As far as I knew, Z. Peeth Art was still their singer, but apparently not because, uh, Eric Ronwell joined the band and has already played a bunch of shows with the band. And I saw some live clips and I have to go see Skid Row. I think those first two Skid Row albums are phenomenal. I've, I've been listening to them for 20 plus years, uh, even though they came out 30 years ago now. But um, just fantastic stuff. And his voice is so good and it just lends itself so well. He kind of reminds you of a young Sebastian Bach and I say that as the biggest compliment I can give because uh, for a short period of time, he was the voice of metal. Uh, again, no uh, no arguments here. I, I look forward to hearing that. I, I uh, Skid Row is one of those bands that I'm definitely uh, not as familiar with as I probably should be. Minus they're on my list. We'll get to them. I, yeah, I they're a on my list. Of real obvious songs like 18 and Life and... Uh, um, there's another one. Off Slave the top to the of my Grind? Head. Monkey Business? Uh, no, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm blanking on it, but uh, I probably would know some of those songs if I heard them. But uh, yeah, the, again, it's Youth just Gone Wild, movie. I guess, would probably yeah, be the that's other the one. Yeah, that's I think the one. Those are, those are kind of like the four biggest songs or whatever. But um, yeah, yeah, Youth Gone Wild is a real good song. Oh, no argument here. I, I think we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get to them. But, uh, yeah, it was just, it was almost breathing life in this band that I had kind of stopped paying attention to because, you know, there's just so much other stuff, but I am, I'm paying attention now. I have to go see them live. So it should be fun. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think we really should learn to just go see bands. <laughs> there you go. Le- lesson can. learned. Uh, but there you have it. Uh, you know, it, it, it was uh, it was a fun week. I'm glad we got to do Judicator. We'll do uh, Heaven's Gate next week. If anybody has requests, keep them coming. We've got a couple in the chopper for the next couple of months, but we always welcome new ones. And like I said, we can always do more than one a month if, if they continue to come in fast and furiously. So uh, leave, leave us a positive review if you think we deserve it. It helps other people find us, um, which is obviously fantastic. Um, and we look forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on Judicator, just as uh, we will be obviously sharing some songs this week with, um, uh, you know, Cannibalistic Mind and uh, Coping Mechanism. Yeah, and we um, w- also just want to uh, quickly point out that we have a couple of changes to the Prog Power USA lineup. Yes. Um, we had said that we were going to talk about the um, the replacement for Brothers of Metal, but we hadn't gotten a chance to do that yet. Um you know, uh, Glenn Harveston, who was the promoter of Prog Power and uh, former um, guest of the Metal Exchange, um, which is probably a way more bigger honor for him. <laughs> um, he announced on a live stream uh, that Riot 5, formerly known as Riot, uh, would be filling in. And um, another band that I am very, uh, very ill-prepared to see live. I do not know very much by this band, but they have been around for a very long time. Uh, they were formed in 1975. So um, that should be interesting. I'm definitely going to give them a listen 
uh, before we head to Atlanta just to see if it's going to be my kind of thing. And then another thing, uh, we just found out that Arch Echo bowed out. Um, they had been opening for Dream Theater on their U.S. tour. Um, they canceled their upcoming tour, and I don't know what uh, the story is with them, but they are not going to be playing at Prog Power. They've been released by the Siberium, which is a prog rock band from Chicago. Um, I haven't had a chance to listen to them, but again, that's another one that's going to be, I'm going to check out uh, before we go. But just a couple of changes. Um, I mean, this is, uh, this lineup has pretty much made, had so many changes in the last two and a half years uh, for however long it's been announced for. Um, so, I mean, at this point, nothing is really coming to a surprise. Um, and I think most of the people that are have decided that they're going are going to go no matter who plays, our, ourselves included. So, But in two months, we will be at a metal festival again. So it will all be worth it one way or another. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, and, you know, cheers to the... Uh, to the new bands that, that have made their way onto the uh, onto the list, I, I saw a lot of people were very happy to hear that Riot was added. So um, that's that's good news, and and uh, uh, hopefully a lot of these bands that were supposed to play this year um, or last year or the year before or whatever um, get invited back because I know I was excited to see Beast in Black, and I was excited to see Nightflight Orchestra. And I was excited to see everybody that would eventually replace Beast in Black, <laughs> uh, <laughs> including Unleash the Archers and uh, Brothers Brothers of Metal. Um, so yeah, let's just hope that uh, some of these bands, um, you know, get a, get an invite back. I'm sure, uh, you know, I'm sure you would feel the same way about the Ocean and and uh, Artificial. Um, language and some of the prog bands as well um yeah i mean you could make a, a sick lineup just out of the bands that were at one point booked for this festival <laughs> so i mean there were bands like the gathering i mean they were bands. I, that I, 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 hey i didn't even mention power quest oh uh, yeah it, it, you could you could make a very very nice festival just out of the cancellations but i'm, I'm not going to go there i have a feeling that many will be back in some way shape or form so We'll see what happens. Well, fingers crossed. Um, I don't think it's the end. I just think it's um, a different year. And then next year will be uh, a return to form, if you will. Yeah, I, I think I, I had a brief discussion with, with Glenn, and I just said, like, you know what? I think this year is more just going to be about catharsis, I think, for a lot of people, um, just to go back to doing something that feels normal. And I think that's going to be kind of a big deal for for everyone. And I think that is going to be, I think that's going to be the biggest takeaway as far as the, the fans go is that I you know, could not agree more back, back amongst all the, the people, people that we don't get to see all the time. And, and, and that we're, you know, we look forward to seeing every year that we haven't seen now in, in years, a lot of, just a lot of, a lot of things. So um, it, it's, it's something that uh, I, I, I fingers crossed. Nobody else drops off the lineup, but I, I'm, I'll be happy with whatever, you know, whoever plays. Well said. Uh, with that, enjoy the week, and I will catch you next week when we go back to living in hysteria by Heaven's Gate. Okay. If you want. You got something push, else? We could push that episode ahead a week and discuss the story career of The Undertaker um, who's going <laughs> into the WWE Hall of Fame in about uh, two hours. So Yeah, uh, I, I, I – um... 
let me let me sleep on that. I'll get back to you. No, uh, we'll we'll we'll, we'll give him his his, his special. Why don't job. you rest the, rest in peace and get back to me? <laughs> I will talk to you soon, bud. Enjoy the weekend. Have a good one.